Saints, this is Milan Milan, and as you know, we're going to get into the, Re- the Revelation chapters 10, 11, and 12. Oh, I'm excited. All right, so before we start, let's bow our heads and, and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity once again to meet with our, the saints, my other brothers and sisters of Christ to study your word and to grow us in you, Lord, and to be strengthened and to encourage others. And I, I pray that we will be more concerned about people's souls and building the kingdom of Thank you, Lord, and I ask that every word that comes out of my mouth is from you. Amen. All right, so, all right, okay, I'm a little excited, I gotta relax. So first, uh, we, we will read, and after I finish, then we can start picking apart um, the verses. So, first I'll read all of ten, and then I'll go back through it. So, mine is the title, The Angel in the Little Book. Ten one starts off, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, cloaked with a cloud. And a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set it right set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth and he had cried seven thunders uttered their voices and when the seven thunders uttered their voices I was about to write and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not and when the angel saw I which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be no time no longer. And in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants the prophets and the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said go and take the little book which is open and in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth and went and I went unto the angel and said unto him give me the little book And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey, and as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples, nations, and tongues, and kings 
All right, so I'm sorry. What I didn't do is give the backstory before we go into this. So I'll do that now, and then I'll go ahead and pick apart the verses. So the backstory, people, is that we are already raptured. That happened in Revelation 4.1. Right now, this is the tribulation that's going on. This is um, chapter 6 through 18 for the tribulation. Half of the world's population is gone. It is no more. Judgments during the six seals and chapters 10, 11, and 12 is one very long record of a vision that God has showed John. So we all know it's the seals, the trumpets, and bowls, and they become more intense as time goes on, and it is in that order. Seals, trumpets, and bowls, and it is seven of each. Seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls. So now who is this mighty angel? All right. So it's saying it is similar to the coming of Christ because of the rainbow on his head was similar to the rainbow around the throne of God. Face like the sun, which is similar to Revelation 1.16, where it speaks of the countenance of Jesus. Feet were like pillars of fire, which is similar to the description of Jesus with feet like bronze, as if refined in a furnace, which is in Revelation 1.15. So Jesus is Lord of the angels, not like an angel. Jesus is God. He is superior to any angel. So when Revelation, Jesus never appears as an angel. He is referred to um, as the lamb. So when we're looking at this mighty angel that's coming to earth and this is between the sixth and the seventh trumpet Jesus doesn't return to the earth until after the tribulation in chapter 19 so I wouldn't say that this is Jesus I'm leaning more towards Michael and I say that because Michael's name in Hebrew is who is like God and that would explain a lot of similarities of his characteristics while still representing God's presence, authority, and power. One seat is on the sea and one on the land. So to me, it's saying he has been given complete authority over the land and the sea. The seven thunders uttered their voices, which David describes the seven voices of the Lord. If you go with me to Psalm 29, and it's verses three through nine. And it reads, The voice of the Lord is upon the waters, the God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful, and the voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars, yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. 
The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve, and discovereth the forest. And in his temple doth every one speak of his glory. So, he repeats the word voice seven times. And it could be God's divine breath. Now, in 10.4, John was told not to write about these things. So, I can't speculate on what it is that he's not to write about because he didn't write about it. And I'm not going to add scripture, and I would just leave it there. 10.5, where we saw the angel, it says, And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted his hand to heaven. And in 6, it says, And swear by him that liveth forever and ever. And that's just the first part of 10.6. But right there, it's saying that, the angel is taking an oath to God. There will be no turning back. The mystery of God is about to be displayed. All right. So in 10, uh, 9 through 10, the angel is telling John, the book will make your stomach bitter but it will be sweet as honey. All right. So what that is saying to me is, first, let's go to Ezekiel. Let's go to Ezekiel 3. 3. And in Ezekiel 3, 3, it reads, And he said unto me, Son of man, Cause thy belly to eat, and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then I then did I eat it, and in was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. So Ezekiel was told to eat the scroll, and he filled his belly with those words. And it's like he wanted him to get it into his soul. So that he fed on it, right? He just fed on the word. Amen. And now he was to be a dispenser of it to the house of Israel for Ezekiel 3.3. So if John is doing this because he's told, I would say it would be the same. That's what I would say. Okay. So that is chapter 10. Now, if we go into 11, I feel like it should be a drum roll, right? Because I've been waiting for these witnesses to like uh, break it down. So, all right. So now we're in chapter 11. And in chapter 11, we're going to be discussing two witnesses and the seventh trumpet. Right, Christ reigned for Satan is how mine is entitled. So first I will read 11.1 all the way through 11.14. And that's going to first talk about the two witnesses. So 11.1 starts. And there was given to me, was given me a reed unto a rod. 
And the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple leave out, and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy and have power over waters to turn them to blood and smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall sing gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life comes from God, entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven, saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And that same hour was a great earthquake. And the tenth of the city fell, and the earthquake were slain of seven men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted, and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past, and behold, a third woe cometh quickly. Alright. So as I go through this. John is entrusted to measure the temple of God, and the temple of Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD. So the fact that John sees a temple is confirmation that there will be a rebuilding of the temple. The Bible says that there will be a temple built, but it doesn't say when. So right now, what's sitting in the Temple Mount area is um, the Muslims, right? And it's called the Ex-Asamas. I hope I pronounced it right um, for anyone who wants to research that. All right. Um, that's what's currently sitting on the Temple Mount area. So in 2 Thessalonians 2.4, we can go there just for a second. All right. So 2 Thessalonians 2 4 says, Who opposeth and exalt 
himself above all that is called God or that is worship so that he as God sit up in the temple of God showing himself that he is God that's deep you guys that's the antichrist he sets himself up in the temple or it may be an image or a statue and he's proclaiming to be God so the antichrist is behind the building of the temple at the beginning of the tribulation so now picking apart verses starting at um, 2 in Revelation the 42 months that verse 2 speaks of is three and a half years it would be the last half of the tribulation 11.3 speaks of 1260 days that's also equal to three and a half years which would be the first half of the tribulation now 360 days is in the Babylonian calendar so they're not going off of our calendar they're going off of the Babylonian calendar. So, who are these two witnesses? The two witnesses we know are going to be in the first half of the tribulation. That's referring to the 1,260 days. So, we know that their location is in Jerusalem. Where, if we look in 11.8, it says, And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city which is spiritually called Sodom in Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Okay, so we know where they are. Commission is to preach a message of repentance in sackcloth. That's 11.3. The time that they'll be here, we know, is 1,260 days, which is also equal to three and a half years, which would be the first half of the tribulation. That's in 11.3. And we also know that they have protection, that God gives them um, fire if anyone tries to harm them. And that they will also, um, if any man tries to hurt them, he must die. He must, in this manner, be killed. That's in 11.5. So we know that these two witnesses, where they will be, what they will be doing, how long they will be doing it, and that what their protection is while they're doing this. Okay. So who are they? All right. So some people believe that it is Joshua and Zerubbabel. Now, it's not the Joshua from the book of Joshua, but it's in Zechariah 4 that there is a Joshua, and he was a high priest. And then Zerubbabel, and I'm hoping I say his name, Zerubbabel, okay, he was the governor. They were referred to in Zechariah 4 as two olive trees, okay? Another guess, right, because we don't know. Another guess could be Elijah and Enoch. Now, they were both taken up. They did not have a physical death because they were taken up. Enoch walked with God, then he was no longer, which is his rapture. The third option, which is what I kind of lean more heavily on, and you're going to see all of the reasons why, is Elijah and Moses. All right, so the last book of the Old Testament, let's go there. It is Malachi. And in Malachi, we're going to go 
to chapter 4, which is the last chapter because it's a very short book. So we're going to go to Malachi 4 and verses 4 through 6. And it reads, Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in horror for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Okay. And so then let's also go to Matthew, which is the first book of the New Testament. Matthew 17. And in Matthew 17, it's going to read starting in 17.1. This is the transfiguration. After six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them unto a high mountain apart. And was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face, and they were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them, and said, Arise, and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man, save only Jesus. Save Jesus only, sorry. So just to kind of go back to that, Elijah, the Greek form was Elias. So it's the same person. Um, I just wanted to touch that if anyone was um, not sure or they didn't know. Elias is the same as Elijah, just a different form um, on, I guess, um, how his name um, went from one form to the next. All right. So right here, I'm just going to take a small pause. Just think about this just for one second. So, okay. So, 
just even looking over this, it speaks a lot to me that it could be Elijah and Moses. Now, we cannot be definitive, of course, because the Bible doesn't say exactly who they are. It gives us what we've already gone over, which is in scripture, and that's what we should only go by scripture. But going through scripture, these are all lining up that it could be these two. But in all, obviously, as you've seen in other parts of the scripture, it could be other people. But it just, to me, I'm going to say to me, it just seemed like it's more evidence that it could be Elijah and Moses. Um, also, just think about Moses represented the law and Elijah represented prophet. And the Old Testament represented is represented by the law and prophet. Okay. And the story of Elijah the Tishbite. So if you go with me to 1 Kings 17. Alright. And in 1 Kings 17, the very first verse says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Galilee, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God is of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. So right there, he was given power to stop rain. God had given him power to stop rain. Now, later, if we just look at 1 Kings uh, 18, right? So just go over to the next chapter. And it says, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, shew thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Look at that. All right. So Elijah prayed, and God will withhold rain, which gives them drought in Israel three and a half years. When people repented, Elijah prayed again, and then it rained. Okay. So he had been given that power by God, right? Now, if you think about these um, two witnesses, in Exodus 7 through 12, there were 10 plagues um, upon the Egyptian people, right? So Moses and Aaron had done this obviously God's power and that's just something else I want you to just think about now if we go back to Revelation um, eleven seven, it says there and when they shall have finished their testimony the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them by no means is he more powerful than our Lord and Savior. He is allowing this to happen for his glory. So I want you to just stay with me and we're going to get to it where you're going to see. So after three and a half years, the breath of life from God entered them 
and their enemies saw it, you guys. So go down to 11:11. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered them, and they stood upon their feet. And the great fear fell upon them which saw them. I would think so. So you're telling me that these two prophets are out prophesying. Repent, repent, repent. Right? People don't want to hear it. So they don't want to hear it. So to them it's torment. And that's what it meant earlier when it said that they were tormented in the verse ahead. That they were tormented. Okay. They didn't want to hear about God, and that's, of course, all what the prophets would be talking about. They're not condoning the people's sin. They're telling them to turn from it. So, yes, to the people, it is a form of torment. They had fire. They were very powerful. Nobody came against them. But then the beast, he killed them, and they didn't even give enough respect that they would even bury the two witnesses. They left them in the street for three and a half days. But anyone who saw them, which it sounds like everyone, the spirit of life from God entered them and they stood on their feet. So imagine seeing someone dead in the street three and a half days. So, you know, they're not alive. And then all of a sudden they stand on their feet. Yes, I'm I'm. At a loss for words. And that's not really likely, right? <laughs> for me. So yeah, that I would be in great fear as well, just like them. And then a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. They saw it. So also in that same hour was a great earthquake and the tenth part of the city fell and the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the god of heaven amen all right so that's just something else all right, so now we move on to Revelation eleven fifteen through 19. Again, mine is entitled The Seven Trumpet, Christ Reign for Saints. 11, 15 starts, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of Christ and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and was and art to come, because thou hast taken up thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, 
and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. All right. So here, the 24 elders were as before. The 24 elders had fell on their faces and worshiped God. The temple of God was opened in heaven. The 24 elders are the raptured um, from the rapture the saints from the rapture and it says 7,000 people were killed that the rest of them turned their lives to God they will give witness to how God raised the two witnesses from the dead so what's been declared here is that God is going to take over the earth as judge and king. Amen. Ooh, amen. And that's the end of that. All right. So that is 11, 15 through 19. All right. And so now we're here at our last chapter for the study, chapter 12. We're going to speak about the woman, the dragon, the male child, and the angels. All right. So 12.1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. And upon her head a crown of 12 stars and she being with child cried traveling in birth and pain to be delivered and there appeared another wonder in heaven and behold a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. All right. So. Whew. All right, you guys. So this is figurative, right? We know this is figurative, not literal. So. The woman is representative of Israel, okay? And the dragon is Satan, and the male child is Christ. All right. Again, this is figurative. This is not literal. So 
back in Genesis chapter 37, uh, Joseph was a slave because he was sold by his brothers to the Midianites. Now, we all know Joseph had been given dreams by God. And he would tell his brothers about his dreams, right? And his brothers were already jealous of him. Remember when um, their father, Jacob, had made him this amazing, colorful coat? Um, all right. So they, they was already, uh, they, they were jealous of their brother, uh, Joseph. So, but his dreams were how God was going to use him right God had given Joseph dreams on how God was going to use Joseph and so anyhow there came a time where there was a great drought and God used Joseph to save the Jewish people so if we look at all together there were um it was 12 of them right the sons so there was a dream he had and in his dream the sun represented his dad, which is Jacob. The moon represented his mother, which is Rachel. And the stars were um, his brothers. So all together, they represented the 12 tribes of Israel. So the woman clothed in the nation is the nation of Israel. It's the same in chapter Genesis 37. Israel is often referred to as a woman. All right. So 12 is basically chapter 12, I'm sorry, is basically God's redemptive plan through a woman and a child. And so right now we're in between the trumpet and the bowls. All right. So this dragon, he has seven crowns on his head. And that means this dragon is coming with authority. Okay, and that he's also influ influencing uh, world government during this period. And we all know the dragon is Satan. So, just um, knowing that. And in Ezekiel 28, all right. Now, I just kind of want to go over this because this is something that I don't know. I missed it and as I studied I'm all like oh I have to speak about this right now I don't know if others had seen it or maybe seen it and not understood it or maybe you did understand it but for me I missed it so let's go over Ezekiel um, 28 and I'm trying to find a verse because I want you to be right there 2813 with me all right so this is here talking about Satan, all right? And it's speaking of how Satan was created as a guardian cherub. And his body was adorned with every precious stone. And he was the highest of the angelic order. So let me just read this uh, 2813. So thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper. The sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle. And gold, the workmanship, 
of thy tabrets and of thy pipes were prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. So in his very being, this is how he was made. Now I've heard of stories of Lucifer being the most beautiful angel, um, the most adorned angel. But this is something that I guess I missed. But it goes with what I already um, had known and heard of. So, I just don't even understand how he had this fall. But that's just another story. That's a whole different podcast, guys. Alright, so, this is speaking of Satan being the mo- being a created um, as a guardian cherub. Now, there was an angelic battle where Satan and his demons, they're trying to influence everyone. But Satan and his demons had a war, right, with the angels in heaven. And obviously they lost and God kicked them out of heaven. Right? Why would you say? Um, especially God knowing what, what is in his heart, right? Because he knows the heart. And... So, yeah, why would Satan stay? So, it doesn't say a number. We just know that a third of the angels. We don't know how many a third is. But we do imagine it's a great deal of um, angels that fell with him. We just aren't sure on an exact number. So, okay. They were kicked out of heaven. And if we go to... Well, if you look in Psalm 2, and it's 8 through 9, that is a messianic passage, um, I just wanted to point out. And we all know Jesus isn't um, returning to the earth until Revelation 19. But if we kind of just look at it really quick. So go with me to Revelation chapter 19. I believe this verse 15 where it says and out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he shall smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and the treaded the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God that's Jesus guys so the child was caught up to God to his throne when Christ rose from the dead and he ascended to heaven right so John is seeing the redemptive plan of God Abraham became the first Jew God selected him and through his seed all nations would be blessed so the nation of Israel will give birth to a Messiah And since God had a plan to bring a redemptive savior to the world, Satan has been really trying to reverse that. So here are parts where I want you just to think about Harold the Great. He was trying to have all baby boys killed, right? Thinking if he killed them, then it wouldn't happen. But again, Satan was behind this. 
you think of Pharaoh, right, trying to eliminate the Jewish people. And then we all know about Hitler and what he did. And then currently, Islam, they're still chanting death of Israel, death of America. Satan is behind all of this. He's behind all of this. For some reason, he still thinks that he could overpower our God. But we all know that is not going to happen. All right. So let's just pick back up at Revelation 12. And it speaks of Michael, um, the angel Michael. So 12.7 says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fall against the dragon, and the dragon fall and his angels and prevailed not neither was their place found any more in heaven amen and the dragon fell and a great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and satan which deceiveth the whole world he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And, thy over, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the seal, for the devil is come down unto you, having a great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. <laughs> and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the raiment of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. All right. So this is the end of the podcast. Next time we meet about Revelation, it would be chapters 13, 14, and 15. Oh, goodness, we're moving along. We are almost finished, saints. Alright, so please reread anything 
go to Father in prayer for wisdom. I thank you for listening. If there's anything um, you want to discuss, I'm open to talk. You can email me and I have a blog. You can jump on the blog and create a, a community for us. You would just be a member that way. It's only visible to other members. It's free to join. It'll never be a charge. And no one will see your comments but the other members. So I thank you. I thank you again. And um, I just want to end this in prayer. Lord, I thank you for everyone who has listened. I am just awed at just going through your word and just knowing that you have shown us what is to come. You have not left us in the dark, Lord. There are still mysteries. Amen. But Lord, you have given us what is to come. And that you will be victorious. You always are. You are an amazing God. You never fail. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. How powerful you are. And still so gracious. Still so merciful. Thank you again, guys. Until next time.